0: It's time for the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket with Chris Dewar on WTAD. It's 30 minutes of scores, coaches' interviews, and a look at the weekend sports schedule. And now, here's Chris. Tip-top of the morning, everybody,
1: and welcome to the Sleep Tight Saturday morning ticket for November the 2nd. You have entered, my friends, my absolute favorite workday of the entire calendar year. It is insane goodness if you are a fan of local sports. So much going on today. The quest for three state trophies in two different sports, soccer and softball on opposite sides of the Midwest. Plus, today is the first day of IHSA playoff football, at least as far as our area is concerned, with an afternoon docket littered with fantastic games. Among them, Camp Point Central opening its its quest to go back to the state's biggest stage, and we will be joined in just a few minutes by Brad Dixon to get his team's preparations for Salt Fork. That game set for two o'clock in Camp Point this afternoon. We'll talk a lot of playoff football though over the next half hour. Plus. We're going to talk a little soccer and a little basketball with Brad Hoyt, the head coach of the John Wood Trail Blazers, who's also a QD and soccer dad. His son, Jake, scored a big goal last night, albeit in a heartbreaking loss for the Raiders, and we'll get to that in just a second as well. But again, our calendar dotted not only with softball, state softball championship bids today in Springfield and Quincy Notre Dame soccer's quest for a third-place trophy in East Peoria, but we've got cross-country underway today college basketball season is officially underway as well it is just bearing down upon us and we could not be more giddy so let's break it down for you everything that went on last night to set you up for the spun forward schedule of today and we'll start off talking about that soccer game last night Quincy Notre Dame Advanced to the state semifinals by way of penalty kicks, and penalties would be their undoing. Unfortunately, last night as Q and D, your defending 2018 state champs, are undone three to two in PKs by Alt Marquette in upset fashion last night. That match ended 2-2 two to two in regulation. Again, Jay Hoyt and Gabe Whitaker scoring the goals, but the Raiders' title defense ended when they were beaten 3-2 to two in PKs last night, so Quincy Notre Dame will play Winnetka, North Shore, Country Day today at 3 o'clock for the third place game. Highlights of that one coming up on Overtime. Much better news, though, from Springfield, Missouri in the Missouri State Softball semifinals yesterday. We'll start in Class 1 where the Cant Lady Tigers got a first-inning three-run home run by Abby Jarvis. We're calling her downtown Abby right now as she hit that shot and hit it big and that was all Abby Holtz, her pitcher would need. Abby Holtz goes with the complete game in the circle. Four hitter, six strikeouts, no earned runs. Canton at noon will take on Salisbury for a state championship. If Canton gets that done, it will be their second in three years. That program has been outstanding over the course of the last decade and change. Also, the, the thriller yesterday and the game that we didn't see coming. Palmyra, a winner over a really good Marceline squad but nine to eight. The Panthers had to rally from an eight to five deficit as they gave up seven unanswered runs in the bottom of the sixth inning to go down eight to five. They were up five to one at that point. And then in the top of the seventh inning, it was the Bailey Loveless show. She comes back with a grand slam to reverse the course of action. Again, Palmyra wins nine to eight yesterday. The story on Bailey was just ridiculous. Two home runs. One of them a grand slam and seven total ribbies in the win. Jaslyn Gottman, your hero from the state quarterfinals, also added a two-run home run as Palmyra will advance to take on a really good East Carter squad. That game's set for 2 o'clock down in Springfield at the uh, state championship today. Highlights of both of those on overtime as well. All right, it was the first night of Missouri district football, and as usual... You get a lot of bloodbath scores in this first round, a lot of eight-versus-one seeds. That's just ugliness. That was the case last night in America's hometown as Hannibal destroys Zumwalt East. 56 to nothing. A little bit of a slow start for the Pirates, but man, when Quentin Hamner's team revved it up, they revved it up big. Damian French with 20 carries, 154 yards, and three rushing touchdowns in Class 4, District 4. The Pirates will be back at home. They are the two seed. They'll host St. Dominic next Friday in the district semifinals. Meanwhile, over in Centralia, Class 2, District 5, Centralia, undefeated still, and no problems with the Missouri Military Academy taking them down 52 to 6 last night. The Panthers, just to give you some idea of how good their defense is, held MMA to negative 28 yards of rushing last night. It will be Centralia hosting a very athletic Christian squad coming up next Friday in the Class 2 District 5 semifinals. Close to home last night, Class 2 District 6, Clark County, your one seed. They looked every bit of that last night in dismantling Van Farr, 59-14, to Clark County will host Macon in the district semifinals. Macon got back Blake Class, the uh, conference quarterback of the year, and Macon looked like Macon again last night beating Bowling Green. That was an upset by seed, the 5 seed over the 4 seed at Bowling Green, 42 to 35. Blake Class with five total touchdowns on the night. So that Macon Clark County game could be really interesting next Friday again at Cahoka. Other side of the bracket, Palmyra looked about as good as we've seen them dismantling Highland last night, 44 to 12. Quarter Lenbauer, 7 of 12 passing, 155 yards, and three touchdowns. The Panthers will travel to Monroe City to try to avenge that loss from a week ago in the district semifinals. Monroe City, though, Did not look great last night. Struggled and was nearly upset by the seven seed as the two seed. 44-36 to was your final in that game in favor of Monroe. But they were down 21-16 to at the half. Max Hayes had a 50-yard pick-six interception. But Clopton came back. Clopton has a phenomenal quarterback in Sean Yates. Threw for 184 yards in the first half, including a touchdown pass of 30 yards as the first half clock expired, kind of Hail Mary style. But still, Monroe City gets it done. So we get a rematch of the Mayor's Cup coming up next week. As Monroe City will host Palmyra. Elsewhere, class one district six, Brettwood eliminates Louisiana, forty one to nothing. An upset last night in District Six as well as Harrisburg knocks off Paris thirty to twenty four at Paris. Big win last night for South Shelby in double overtime as they beat Mark Twain 28-20. to South Shelby, the only local team still alive in Class 1, District 6, as they will advance to go to South Callaway, Beautiful Mocaine, Missouri, coming up next Friday night uh, for a chance to move on through the district semifinals. Again, don't sleep on Rob Wilt's team despite their pedestrian 4-6 and six record at this point. Also last night in District 8, South Harrison eliminates Knox County 55 to nothing. The Scotland County Tigers, though, still alive. The only team we still care about in District 8. Big win for them. Last night, beating Schuyler County 44 to six, Branton Burris with two touchdowns last night, and Alex Long added a pick six. The Tigers will host the upset winner last night, Putnam County, who upset Princeton. Uh, Scotland County hosting them next final next Friday in the district semifinals. Last one for you, football wise, North Shelby gets the win over Bramer last night the eight man district semifinals, seventy six to seven. North Shelby gets a chance to avenge their week nine loss to Oreck. They'll have to do it on the road. Ethan Geisendorfer Monster Night last night. Just fifteen carries, three of them for touchdowns, 116 yards. College basketball, I mentioned Brad Hoyt will be joining us in a minute. What a start for his team, albeit a loss last night, but to Division One State Fair. They they are a Division I JUCO program and usually a loaded one out of Sandalia, Missouri. John Wood loses 69-70 last night. Chandler Bevins was 17. Here's good news. Aaron Shoot coming back after a year away. The former Quincy High Star had 14 points in his official debut. So, obviously, that's the guard that Brad Hoyt was hoping he was going to get. He showed out and did that last night. Also last night, Culver Stockton, man, do not sleep on Aaron Hill's team. They opened the season with an 81-65 drubbing of Hannibal Lagrange. Mason Byers with 20 points. And eight assists in the win. The news was not good on the women's college docket last night. St. Ambrose beats HLG eighty-nine to thirty-seven, and Marion beats uh, Culver Stockton. Although Marion is the number seven NAIA team in the country preseason, sixty-nine to fifty-six. Men's college soccer big win for Quincy University over Lindenwood last night. Macker Little with a goal and two assists. The Q and D product and the Lindenwood women fall to Quincy University one to nil. As your final? All right, we're going to get Brad Hoyt on the phone when we're coming up next, and Brad Dixon as well. When the Big Show continues.
0: This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on WTAD. Better bed, less money. Sleep Tight, 4535 Broadway in Quincy. Once again, here's Chris Doer.
1: And welcome back to the Morning Ticket, everybody. We're going to kick things off this morning with a guy who, like Batman, never skips leg days and who was out probably squatting a locomotive this morning, our good friend Brad Dixon, the head coach of the Camp Point Central Panthers, whose team jumps back into the fray and tries to make its way back to the state's biggest stage. Brad, I've been talking to some folks in Champaign this week, and we trade video with the good folks over there, and uh, they started mentioning the fact that Salt Fork is a team they think is a real sleeper in this bracket. You've had a chance all week to kind of break down their tape. What stands out as the risen danger of this team to you? You know, I
2: think their schedule is uh, pretty impressive. I mean, their conference is uh, loaded with 2A and 3A talent Um with, um, you know, they've played Paxton buckley Loda, which is a 3A team. Uh, they've played uh, Bismarck-Henning, which is at the top of 2A, and, and they've came over here and had some success um, in the playoffs. And, and so I think that that's first and foremost uh, shows you that they're battle-tested, and then, um you know, they – they do some um, things out of flex bone on offense, which uh, puts you in a bind because uh, they always have the ability to throw it, uh, but they also have the ability to attack the edge and, and run it up the middle, and, and you can never quite put as many guys where you want them. Um, if you put too many guys in, in coverage and you try to to go a four-deep shell, then, then they're going to run it at you, but if you stay three deep, they may try to hit you with four verticals. So I, I think that's the biggest thing uh, is just the various ways that they attack you offensively.
1: You know, I want to ask you this, because I've wondered about this, because the last couple of years, this first round of the playoffs has obviously been sort of a redo for you with somebody in the WIVC, and part of the great thing about your football scheme is that you're unique defensively with your 3-5 look, or your base 3-5 look, and with what what Casey Ray does in sort of evolving your offense beyond just a normal wing T, is it nice to finally have somebody as an opponent first round who doesn't have such a good feel for you going in, or do you prefer kind of... Having a working playbook on an opponent pregame like you would with somebody that you know.
2: Yeah, I think that's the the best thing about it and it's also the scary thing is is, is we know what we've seen on film, but um, you know we never know what we see on film. It, the, kid, the guys don't look as big, they don't look as fast. you know it's always a, an interesting situation. but I think it's the, it's the fun part because you know we get to see a brand of football from a different part of the state um, coming over here. Uh, and, and we get to, to put our brand of football against theirs and, and kind of see maybe which conference has prepared their guys the best or, or where we stack up with teams uh, throughout the state. I mean, Salt Fork has had success in the playoffs. They went up to Stockton a few years ago, and they were 9-0 and and beat them. So, um, you know, we're going to get their best shot, and I think it's exciting. I'm sure they're excited to come over here and play against the defending runners up in 1A, and so I think it should be a great atmosphere, and and it just adds that, that added just um, you know uncertainty or, or kind of excitement you know when you're not playing a team that you've already played before.
1: Brad, you're kind of a victim of your own success over the years because everybody just assumes that Camp Point Central is going to be 9-0 or 8-1 at this point and hosting a playoff game and doing what you do. But to get to this point, you've gone through some things this year. I mean, you lost your starting quarterback early. You had some player issues that you've had to deal with where you really didn't get full continuity until very late in the season, particularly with your line. Uh, You've shifted some things around. How proud are you of this group of kids just to adapt the way they have and kind of roll with every single punch? That's been thrown?
2: Yeah, I think that's kind of that underlying storyline this year. Uh, you know, like I said, we I think people expect us to be at the top of the conference, but, uh, you know, we graduated, uh, you know, maybe one of the best senior classes we've ever had last year with 13 guys and guys that had played for three and four years, multiple all-staters, um, you know, and then we had to replace nine guys on offense. And then, beginning of the year, we had some adversity uh, playing guys in different positions, and, and we were able to kind of weather the storm and and uh put a pretty bad second half against Beardstown there, or, or maybe we're sitting at 9-0. So I'm very proud of our guys for where they have um, came to this point. We're, we're going to be dressing everybody and be completely healthy and ready to go today, which is uh, something we haven't had yet this year in any game. So I think that's, that's pretty awesome to be at that point um, this late in the year.
1: Your program has become a linebacker factory over the course of the years, and you've got an awfully darn good one back this year after more than 100 tackles last year. Just how much does Jackson Mueller mean to the center of that defense?
2: Yeah, you know, I don't throw things around lightly, but I think he reads probably better than than any middle linebacker we've had since I've been here over the last 11 years. He watches film. He knows what the offense is trying to do. He can fit his way into things and around blocks and under blocks and and I think it helps when you have Remington there in the middle that, that kind of eats up a lot of guys. And uh, But Jackson's as fast and, and just reads so well that, that he's all over the place and, and he's kind of the captain there on our defense and, and really is um, exactly what we hoped he'd be this year coming off of last year's uh, year where he kind of cut his teeth a little bit with some older guys out there and we needed him to make that big leap this year, and he has. And, and then we've had some other guys step up. Uh, Brody Waddell as a junior uh, kind of filling in for, for Noah Stroker and, And then a combination of Ashton Cole and Alex Mace kind of filling in for Tristan Broxick on top of Bowler and uh, Sally that are back. So, you know, we're happy with where that linebacking core is, and and we're definitely going to need them to play well today.
1: Four WIVC North teams in the playoffs, three of whom I think have a really good shot of potentially winning today, and, and Unity Payson has been a team that's been very dangerous, and who knows what they do at Clifton Central, play it as an underdog with a lot of offensive punch. Do you feel like this schedule has put you in a really good spot moving forward?
2: Yeah, I, I definitely think so. We we've saw, you know, essentially every offense that we could see from, um, you know, wishbone to... Double tight wing T, the spread to, um, you know, Beardstown's multiple wildcat type things, um, to Calhoun's triple option game. You know, we've at least had to put a game plan together and, and saw what we've liked and didn't like against various offenses. You know, seven total teams out of the WIBC out of the 12 in the playoffs, um, I think is pretty special. And, and there's not too many conferences that can do that. Uh, and, and we felt the same way last year, that, that we were prepared. And I think that showed when we went over to our agenda in the semifinals when we finally got out of the WIBC tournament um, that we were prepared. And, and I feel the same way this year. I think, um, you know, we've had to handle some different things the teams have thrown at us. And, and um, you know, we're going to find out here in, in a few hours. But uh we feel good where we're at.
1: I know you're one of everybody's favorite sound bites, and I'm just going to ask you in warning in advance if you've already got your Bill Reed questions prepared, but I don't want to get ahead of myself ahead of that for, for a couple of weeks. But just what's it going to take for you to get to a potential showdown with Athens to take care of business today against Salt Fork?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I think offensively we've been playing really well. We've been blocking well. We've been faking well, and, and our guys have really really bought into the fact that we're trying to score on every play. I think – in the last two weeks in the first half, I think we've had the ball for a total of seven minutes. Um, you know, our, our, offensive, um, time of possession, you wouldn't think would be, uh, three and a half minutes two weeks ago and four minutes last week, but, uh, we're scoring in, in bunches. And I think, you know, that being, being able to do that with the guys that we have to huge. It just kind of breaks the spirit of the other team. So, uh, you know, I think we need to continue to, to, to be full steam ahead on the offensive side. And then defensively, um, we've been able to, we had a big, couple big red zone stops. Uh, in the last couple weeks and and uh you know we're going to have to continue to make them earn it we've given up very few big plays this year and i think that's big um you know for us to continue on offense to hit those big plays and then and then make opponents drive uh you know the, the length of the field and and i think that sets us up uh, to be in every ball game there's no doubt
1: Well, hats off to you and to Casey and to your staff on the fantastic job you've done because I don't think people realize the degree of difficulty on getting to this point that you've done. And uh, best of luck to your kids today. I know they're fired up and ready to go, and we'll have big-time highlights tonight, hopefully, of a Camp Point Central win as they try to advance on into the second round of the playoffs. Brad Dixon, a pleasure as always, my friend. Thank you very much. And when we move forward, we're going to talk with another Brad, Brad Hoyt, about his John Wood Trailblazers and more coming up next.
0: Getting you ready for a full weekend of sports, it's the Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy. Here's Chris. And welcome back, everybody. We are pleased, as always, to be joined
1: by John Wood, men's basketball coach, Brad Hoyt, as well as proud Q&D soccer dad, Brad Hoyt. I know this week has to be tough because you're always making preparations for the season, but you've not really had your attention kind of as divided, I guess, as you probably did this week, Brad. How tough has that been, trying to keep an eye on Q&D soccer and, and do all of that while getting your team ready?
3: Well, I, this uh, being a uh, dad of a high school athlete thinks uncharted territory for me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to figure it out as we go. But, I, I mean, it's, again, it's all good stuff. It's it's good problems to have, and, and uh, it's been fun to follow follow my son's sort of progress and, and through the season and, and uh, happy for the experiences that he gets to experience this week and at the same time trying to get our – Our 11 new guys and three returners sort of off on the right path here. So it's, it's, uh, it's been a fun week full of really cool moments and, uh, and then, you know, we still got another day. So, um, it's been, it's been fun.
1: I know this is, uh, you know, I, I know it, there's no such thing as a good loss, but last night was really impressive against the Division One JUCO program in State Farm to go down to a final shot. And I, I you know, I, you'd rather open with a W, but you have seen at least last night some of the potential uh, swirling around your team last night. What was the biggest takeaway in that 70 to 69 loss uh, over at Sedalia?
3: Yeah, I mean the biggest takeaway is we can't miss sixteen free throws. Wow.
1: Um that you know, so yeah,
3: I think we put ourselves in a really good a really good spot last night and had chances, multiple chances, especially in the last thirty seconds or so, to to sort of find a good road win against a really talented team. They've got three or four guys that their recruitment level's pretty high and, and very, very talented. So to go on the road and, and like I told our guys last night, if that's our four If we can keep last night as our floor, then it's going to be kind of fun to sort of watch our progress next three or four months. Now, that'll be the challenge and and sort of see because there's, golly, there's a ton of things that we've got to be better at. And I think our guys understand that. And hopefully at the college level and really at any level, um, even go back to Q and D soccer last night, it comes down to possession. You know, there's a, it's one possession here, it's one possession there. And I think our guys feel the same way I do. There's a lot of those that we'd like back from last night.
1: You have three guys back. You touched on it. and Chandler Bevins led you last night with 17, and he's a guy you could see this coming for last year, uh, that he was going to be a guy who could be an alpha number one type scorer for you. You filled in some nice pieces around them, and one of them is obviously Aaron Shute, who everybody around here knows. After spending a year in that evil college across the Missouri border as an <laughs> academic student, he's back and playing basketball. What have you seen in sort of Aaron's development thus far, Brad?
3: Well, I think with Aaron, has been really interesting. I mean, he had mono, uh, really, for uh, about mid-September to mid-October. So he really has only had two weeks of practice and uh, and stuff with us within the last six weeks. So he's still getting his legs underneath him, to be real honest with you. But I, I think pretty early in our fall, um, it was pretty clear that, one, I don't think that year off hurt him at all. I think mentally it helped him. I think it allowed him to sort of appreciate where he's the most comfortable which is which is athletics and and playing basketball and and I I thought he was really good and fit in really really well with our guys early and then you know he took a four-week hiatus and couldn't do anything and and uh and then the last two weeks he's kind of reintroduced himself so the the thing with Aaron and, and the thing that really with all of our guys that we're continuing to stress he's a great teammate he's a good guy to have in the Claude he had a great shot last night to to win the game, and, and we called his number. And so that gives you a little bit of an idea of sort of where our trust level is in Aaron, and, and I think he's just going to continue to get better.
1: Last night's free throw woes notwithstanding, you can shoot it a little bit, and I think you built this team and constructed it that way, didn't you?
3: Yeah, I mean, we tried to. You know, and, and you mentioned Chandler earlier. I mean, I, I think Chandler's success this year, especially offensively, is going to be, be dictated by our guard play. And And if our guard play can make some shots and and we missed a couple last night that I think we need to be able to make as the year goes on, but if our guard play can kind of make shots and take care of the basketball, I think that gives Chandler more space and more operate, more room to operate so yeah we 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 did you know and and but at the same time we've got we I mean, really had eleven guys last night playing their first college game and and so the speed of it and And the athleticism and some of the things that come with it, sometimes the shooting piece takes a little bit to to get sorted out because it speeds you up and gets you off pace. And, and it's like that golf swing, it kind of speeds up that golf swing a little bit. And so I think as the year goes on, I think we'll get better and better there. And, And, uh, that's, that's sort of what, that's sort of what we hope for. We put this group together last spring.
1: Last one for you, Dr. Hoyt. Your culture last year, as good and talented as you were, your culture was phenomenal. And I know you can't replicate a culture, and you don't try to because different people are different. But in the time we have left here, what is this culture? What are you trying to build forward with the assets you have this year? Not just the physical assets, but the mental assets of this group.
3: We talk a ton, maybe as much as anything, about our team personality. And and you, you hit it on the head. Last year's group's team's personality was as good as I've had in my 10 years at John Wood, just their, their ability to have no drama, their ability to keep emotions in check, their ability to trust each other, their ability to communicate with each other was really, really next level. So to replicate that's really, really hard, but we talk a ton about team personality. We talk a ton about getting too high and too low and keeping emotions in check and understanding on the next thing. I think this group has the absolute capability to fit into the culture that we've, we've continued to try to, develop here um, in our program so but at the same time there's 11 new guys and they're, they're getting used to it we do it a little bit differently we have a little bit of a different focus and guys come out of high school and and we've kind of been the alpha you know and, and now we kind of need them to be a piece and, and so that that takes a little bit of time but it always does the last year was a special group team personality wise and and we talk almost every day here about how to Kind of every day, get two or three percent better from a personality standpoint. Because I think skill set, athleticism. I think we we've got the right pieces to be able to to be able to be around at the end of the year like we try to do. But that that team personality will dictate this group's moments and this group's experiences. And and, uh, and I'm anxious to develop it with them. I really well, am.
1: Well, best of luck to you today, moving forward with that season. Best of luck to Jay Hoyt and the QND Raiders on a third place effort as well tonight. Always a pleasure, Brad Hoyt. Hey, thanks, Chris. Do appreciate you, man. And we'll be back right here next Saturday talking more of the best in local sports on the Saturday Morning Ticket.
0: Time has run out. You're invited to join us again next week for another edition of the Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy.